The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm so glad you've chosen to join us. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd here with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. These visits always bring such encouragement to me. I know it has to happen for listeners as well, Percy. Well, I pray and hope that that is the case. It's one of the motivating reasons why we do them. We are here to motivate and inspire and encourage people with real stories, not scripted. Uh, These are real people with real stories that will bless you. We don't have to hear ourselves talk anymore, do we? We just need to help people understand what's going on. That is correct. Yep. So what a privilege to be here with you. Health, hope, and inspiration. All right, Percy, before we meet our guest today, and by the way, I know what's coming. She is a delightful person. We'll meet her in just a moment. But let's talk about our free resource we're offering to our listeners. Absolutely. Practical needs uh, for cancer patients. We need to understand that there is a practical dynamic of needs to be met and to be supported when people are diagnosed with cancer. And this document uh, will help give people somewhat of an instructional pathway of things that they can be reminded of, of how to encourage and support individuals who are going through cancer. Encouraging a healthy lifestyle, as an example. Mm-hmm. Helping individuals with daily tasks. Uh, figuring out how to reach out to their family members and supporting their children or their husband. This document, or their spouses, I should say, this document is designed to give us a sense of the practical needs of cancer patients. And there's so many of them that we really don't understand until we sit down and start thinking about it. This can this can help us get started. Yeah, because there is a myriad of things that are going on. If we just think about our daily life of the things that we do practically from the time that we get up till we end our day Monday. And we take them for granted. We, you know, because we're on cruise control. We just do them and we have a rhythm. And in some cases, uh, those daily needs and those practical needs are compromised because of the inability, mental emotionally or physically to actually make those happen. So we should be there to support individuals with that. This resource is available to you free right now at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for practical needs of cancer patients. Percy, thanks for putting this together. You always give us such helpful tools here as we we understand better and uh, meet the needs of those with cancer. Absolutely. Okay. um, This program is available widely as a podcast, and we need your help with that because Many ways, the only way people find out about us is through a friend. That is correct. And so please subscribe. Uh, it's free and it's simple and it's easy. And then encourage others to do the same if you feel that this is a helpful resource for the cancer conversation. All right, Percy, you get your Bible ready while I, uh, while I do this for just a moment. Yes, sir. There, there are hospitals in Atlanta. Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 
H-O-P-E. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. You'll learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, with that being said, our spiritual nugget that's going to establish this conversation today is found in Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 10 through 12, and it reads as follows. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another, not slowful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. And we are going to hear how powerful this school of thought is around serving those and understanding their needs and how we can be all things to all men. And in your role as director of faith-based programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, you make the rounds of these uh, five hospitals. Absolutely. I have the opportunity to visit uh, our five sites and uh, spend some time with our teams and uh, just kind of get a sense of uh, how things are going. I'm not at the bedside any longer longer uh, day to day, but I do have uh, uh, a dotted line relationship with all of the great, wonderful chaplains who are providing spiritual support to patients every day. Well, let's meet one because you sat down and talked with her recently at one of those facilities. So here's Percy with our guest. Well, 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 we are back again for another episode of Health, Hope and Inspiration. And it is my sincere privilege and pleasure Uh, To introduce this next guest to you, Reverend Tammy James, she is a chaplain at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago, but she's also a former cancer patient as well. And so she will be able to speak to both sides of the conversation of cancer from a support perspective, as well as from being actually one who has walked this journey. Welcome to the show today, my dear. Thank you for having me, Reverend McCray. Absolutely. It's a privilege. So as introduced, um, you are a chaplain. How long have you been a chaplain at CTCA now, my dear? I actually just made my 11th year. Wow. So uh, congratulations on your 11th year. And of course, uh, I've had the privilege and the pleasure of knowing you. Uh, I was part of the process that basically uh, brought you on board and into the process and the fold of CTCA. Uh, but you really uh, came to CTCA Uh, really because of the fact that you were originally diagnosed as a cancer patient. Let's talk about what type of cancer did you have? When were you diagnosed? And we won't talk about a lot of clinical stuff, but just Mm -hmm. some of the basic things that you did from a treatment perspective. Uh, What type of cancer was it that you were diagnosed with originally? Okay, so I was diagnosed with myxoid liposarcoma in 2006. In 2006. And then you had some procedures. I believe there were some surgeries. Mm-hmm. I had surgery in October of 2006. And then I started doing radiation in 2006, uh, December. Okay. So you've had surgery and radiation basically with regard to your clinical process. Um, how, where were you when you were first diagnosed with cancer and how did you react to that? So when I was first diagnosed with cancer, uh, my husband at the time had just been diagnosed with prostate cancer 
three days prior to my diagnosis. So uh, that night before, we had just told our four children uh, that dad has cancer. And Gary said, you know, death is not an option. So we're going to just trudge on. We're going to pray. So the following morning, um, I received a call from the oncologist who had did a biopsy on me, telling me that I had a rare cancer called myxoid liposarcoma. Um, And so I was in my kitchen and I had a breakdown. Uh, My son was there and I started hugging him and he told me, he says, Mom, he says, I don't know why you're crying. He says, you know, you've raised us to trust God. He said, if you can't trust God, then you need to stop going to church and you need to stop tithing. So, you know, Hmm. from there, uh, we called our pastor and our pastor told us to get a second opinion. And he said, you should go to Cancer Treatment Centers of America. It's right up the street. And I didn't think ever think about going right off the street because whoever thinks that they're going to have cancer. So, um, and so we called and got the information, but what my pastor did tell me, he said, Percy's there. Uh, he said they have a spiritual support program. So he said, you should go there. And so we made that phone call and we ended up here at cancer treatment centers of America. So yeah, your, your, your fortuitous path here is interesting is there's no question about it. You, you're, you're told that you have cancer you and your husband basically are diagnosed with cancer around the same exact time, which is probably fairly unusual for many people. Uh, but you also, obviously, you have been working um, in the scenes in the in the in the faith community, uh, doing community activities. I know there was a lot of things that you were doing. You were in the ministry. You were progressing through that whole process. So you have this this vortex of things that converges kind of all together. At a really uh, interesting time in your life, you start doing treatment at CTCA. Uh, your treatment went well, fundamentally. And then uh, then the opportunity was afforded to basically start working at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And you've been uh, with the organization as a bedside chaplain. How has the work of chaplaincy and ministry been impacted by the fact that you were a former cancer patient? Let's talk about the combination of that. Okay. Well, I think because I am a patient and a caregiver. Yeah, and a caregiver. And I am also a chaplain, so a stakeholder. I think what it has afforded me to do is be very empathetic. Um, I can tell the story because I've experienced the story. So I can look a patient in the face or a caregiver in the face and say, hey, I know what you're going through because I've been there. I've experienced it all. I've had the opportunity to know how it affected my kids and uh, the residual effects of what cancer can do to a marriage, to children, um, to your home, um, to to relationships. So I can literally say, hey, I know what you're going through when patients tell me their story. So nothing gives me a knee jerk reaction, as you would say, Reverend McCray. Where we are currently in the landscape of and, you know, the world is a real different place today than it's ever been for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I'm always uh, interested in hearing individuals perspectives around the role of faith and spirituality and medicine and science and them coming together. And I believe, and I'm biased, and so I'll say so, that uh, I believe that there is not another organization that probably does that as well. I'm not saying that they don't do it uh, at all, but I think that Cancer Treatment Centers of America certainly has had a commitment to making those two disciplines work on the best interests of the patient without compromising one for the other. In your humble opinion, How do you see the value of spirituality and faith 
uh, making an impact and assisting in the process of medical treatment and care. Because again, you've been through that process. You've utilized your faith while being a treating patient, utilizing medical care. How do you think those two worlds benefit each other and how they work? Because you know as well as I do, there are still individuals in the faith community that still are either or. You know, I'm just gonna trust God, I'm not gonna do medicine or science, I'm not gonna talk to a doctor. Or you have individuals that'll say, I'm just gonna see my doc, I don't think I need to pray or use God. How, in your opinion, because you really have walked both sides of that fence, let's talk about your perspective, your opinion about the role of faith, spirituality, medicine, and science. So what I believe about that is that we are a triune being. You are a mind, you are a body, and you are a spirit. Um, so the doctors here are going to give you great physical care. They're going to do everything they can physically. And clinically. Yes, and clinically to get you well. Um, and then there's the mind, the emotions, the fears that come with the cancer. So we have a mind body department that is going to get you together mentally. However, there's that spiritual component that you that you need to, to be whole because some people are okay with being healed. I didn't want to be healed. I wanted to be whole. Mm. So I have found in my journey that I wanted wholeness. You know, I had things that were going on mentally that I hadn't even recognized were mm. going on. I had some spiritual issues that I hadn't even recognized. So I think to me, cancer was a gift for me because it let me look at my mortality every day. When I looked in that mirror, it was like, okay, I'm here today. I might not be here tomorrow. Okay. What do I need? to change you know what's the juxtaposition what needs to happen for me to be whole so I started working on all of those things mm -hmm. I would come to the Wednesday there was a Wednesday worship service here I came faithfully you in did. a wheelchair yeah, you did. I hobbled in you I came did. to the worship service just as if I were going to my local church the funny thing was I didn't have to pay a tithe when I came <laughs> to the worship service um if I was here on a Sunday, if I was hospitalized, I took advantage of the chaplains that they had here at the time. I didn't refuse them. I allowed them, even though my faith community was ministering to me, I still took advantage of anything spiritually that was here to me. And I also took advantage of some of the mind body offerings that they had here too. I met with, uh, at a time, um, there was Corliss Ivy and I met with her on a regular basis to deal with. And some we've interviewed emotions. Corliss on the show. Here. Okay. Okay. So she was a wonderful person to meet with, to take care of those mental things that were going, the emotions that I was feeling, mm. the things that I was saying, okay, it's me and my husband. What if I die? Who's going to comb my kids hair? You know, those were things that really bothered me. And I think sometimes people don't realize the little bitty things that eat away with you. Right. I mean, I had two young children and then I had two older children. Right. How are my two older children going to finish college? And then what's going to happen to my two younger children if their mother dies? You know, how are they going to get along in life? And so I put in I put a process forward so that my kids would be OK, even if mom or dad wasn't here. I made sure that all my ducks were in a row. Um, um, like I said, mentally, physically, and spiritually. So I took advantage of all the tools that were offered to me here at CTCF. And so if I could synthesize that, what I'm really hearing you say is being able to, to utilize and be supported from a whole person perspective is, is important and you think is necessary. And you certainly benefited from all of those different modalities all being available to you under one roof at one time as a treating patient in a clinical environment. 
Yes. I also took advantage of the nutritionist. She gave me books. I had some comorbidities. I had diabetes. I had hypertension. So I took advantage of those things, the things that they yeah. recommended for me to do. Yeah. So everything that was here, I took advantage of it. So the, the, the integrative services or the whole person care plan uh, you're endorsing and you and you say certainly is important. Let's talk about now. Let's flip the script, as the young people would say. Let's conversely swing around on the other side. How has, uh, again, that aided and assisted you with being able to minister to people maybe in a more, you said being more compassionate, uh, in the trenches with folks that you see every day? And I know who you see because I used to see them and and I've seen them. And in many cases, we've seen them together uh, who are dealing with the mental, the emotional, uh, the physical and the spiritual challenges of being a cancer patient. What does that ministry mean to you today versus when you were kind of you were more of a parish based minister, as I was prior to coming into this environment? How has that impacted you and what do you see and how important is the work that you do today that maybe people have no understanding of? You're just a hospital chaplain. I remember when I was first told by a pastor in this local community, well, you know, we don't really view you as a real pastor. You just... You're just a chaplain. You're not even you're not really in the ministry. And and the fact of the matter is how untrue that is and and, and how profound this ministry is. Let's talk about the work that you do, sweetie. Well, I think there are kings and priests. Kings, they operate in the marketplace. So we're here in the marketplace in, in, in a hospital, whereas priests, they operate behind the pulpit. So we are kings and we are priests. And, you know, and so we're operating in a place where we get to be hands on. I mean, hands on. And I think the thing uh, that I love the most about being a, uh, a chaplain here is that um, I can be my true, authentic self. Mm. Um, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a country western singer. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't tell anybody that. Okay. <laughs> As a little kid, <laughs> we used to watch uh, Hee Haw. We'd get our bath. We were getting ready to go to church, and my brother and I are sitting in front of the TV with our uh, night clothes on, and we're watching Hee Haw. And it was my desire to be <laughs> a country western singer. I never told anybody that, but you know what? We can be all things to all men here at the bedside. Guess what? I sing country Western music to my patients. I am my true authentic self. I can be all things to all men. So whether I'm meeting a a, a patient that's of another faith that I don't particularly practice outside of the hospital, I can still minister to their needs. Um, If they want me to dance when we do our karaoke hour, most of the time if I'm hosting karaoke, I have my cowboy boots on and I am such a country Western girl. Uh, during a karaoke hour if i need to be bruno mars for them you know i can do that as well i can bust the move for them i can be whatever they need me to be fair during that time i can be grandmother to uh, kids that they bring in here mm-hmm. um we have a series of books now children's books that mm-hmm. we're um, able to give out that were donated to us i can sit and put a little kid in my lap at, at the bedside yeah. of a patient yeah. and i can read the book to them yeah. so whatever they need a lot of times um, i'm an ethnic chaplain so a lot of times uh people want me to braid their hair sure i can run to the beauty supply down the street i can corn roll their hair whatever they need me to be 
I can be that for them. So that's the blessing for me. So yeah, I may not be at the Grand Ole Opry, but in that room, I am at the Grand Ole Opry. You're channeling your inner Dolly Parton. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's a blessing for me because everything, all the gifts that are in me, God uses those with the patients. So in our closing moments and time has just flown by Reverend uh, Reverend James, and I knew that it would. Is there a story or a moment that you've had with a patient that you went home going, God, you really showed up today. This was that was a moment that I I may never reproduce or see again that really impacted you with what you have done, what you have been as a patient, what you have done as a chaplain and what you've been able to do in this environment. One quick story, maybe. Okay, so it's kind of funny that you're actually here interviewing me because this story actually has to do with you. Okay. And it's a story that I tell all the time. I still tell this story, and it's probably maybe eight years old. Um, so there was a patient here, mm-hmm. um, and her husband had passed away, and she was here alone. So she was having like this 12-hour surgery. And I remember she was so afraid to wake up in recovery mm. that she's going to wake up by herself because she actually didn't think that she was going to wake up. And I remember you said, Reverend James, stay with her. You told me to stay with her. And I remember it was snow. It was a winter. I remember being in a a room where there was a big window and the window actually went from the top of the floor to the bottom. And I remember sitting in the chair. But what blessed me so much and it still brings tears to my eyes now was when she woke up. She was intubated. But when her eyes opened, she looked over and I was sitting there and just the tears just Mm. came down. I said, my boss told me to stay with you. You know, and we have forged a lasting relationship ever since then. So the ability to be able to um, somewhat cross the boundary and to be all things to all men, to be human to her, yes. you know, to be what she needed at that at, at that time. So um, I was a God to her in flesh. Wow. You know? You've heard today from Reverend Tammy James, hospital chaplain at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago, uh, also former cancer patient, survivor, and thriver, um, and dare I say, country western singer to karaoke singer inside of the local hospital, blessing people, being becoming all things to all men according to their needs at their most desperate and dire hour. Today I salute you, I thank you, and I appreciate the work that you've done, and thank you for the journey that you've traveled. Continue to be blessed. Thank you. And thank you, Percy. We'll talk again in just a moment about what we've learned from our guest here today. But let me remind our listeners that we have a free resource for you called Practical Needs of Cancer Patients. Fits right in with our topic today. You can download this right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's free of charge. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person as we learned body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I was inspired by hearing your conversation with Tammy today. Well, Reverend James is a very unique personality, but she also has a very unique story. She she is the trifecta. You know, she was a cancer patient who also 
was a caregiver for her husband who was diagnosed with cancer around the same time. Three days after. Absolutely. And then uh, entered into bedside chaplaincy ministry. So she really understands kind of the full scope of the effect of cancer personally as a caregiver and then as one who is providing ministry and support to those with cancer. I was so impressed with several things that she said. First of all, she said she wanted to be made whole not healed. There's a big difference. I've, I've taught this scripture so many times, and it is a huge distinction. Jesus very quickly uh, spoke to the man at the pool of Bethesda, as many may recall. And G- in, the, in the King James translation, Jesus asked this man who was sitting at the pool for 38 years waiting for the, the angel of the Lord to trouble the water. Whoever got into the pool first was mm-hmm. made whole, the mm-hmm. Bible says. And Jesus asked him, uh, are you ready to be made whole? Jesus did not ask him if he wanted to be Interesting. Healed. All right. And so I want to give all the Bible students out there a little study <laughs> lesson to go back and look at that and then do a little Greek research on the definition of the word whole. And it, it literally means to change the way that you think, your doctrine, your belief system. Because really, in order to get healed, first one needs to be made whole. We need to change the way that we think. We may need to address some dynamics and issues in our life. Uh, there may be unforgiveness. There may be emotional distresses, et cetera, et cetera, that then contribute to our sickness and our disease, and it may inhibit the ability to actually move beyond what is causing uh, that manifestation. And so uh, the goal here is not to get healed. The goal really here is to be made whole. Well, that's very powerful. Thanks for bringing that out to us. Um, I don't know if we really understand this fully unless we've been through it, but she also said that cancer is a gift. She did. And of course, Wayne, you know, you and I have been partners now for several years uh, speaking to this audience. And we've heard different iterations of that sentiment Mm -hmm. of thought by many cancer patients. And for those who are outside of that experience, that is somewhat difficult to digest and to understand until you've walked that journey. And she mentioned again, as so many of our previous uh, interviews have talked about how cancer may have been the best thing that ever happened to them or it was a gift where I changed their life. And so however it was articulated, it's basically trying to uh, articulate the thought and the idea that there can be good that can come out of a cancer experience. And that's an important uh, thing that we want to leave with this audience today. You may have been diagnosed or you may possibly be diagnosed, but God can still bring good out of that experience and ultimately uh, reshape who you are as a person and change lives of individuals around you. And then just one last thing from the conversation you had with her. I, I, it was so much fun to hear her say that she was free to be herself. And and in order to appreciate that expression, you really would need to know her personally. She's a very unique and different personality, as we all are, mm-hmm. and an expression of who God is in her. Because she talked about the desire growing up wanting to be a country western singer. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And and if you knew anything about Reverend James and her background, that would be the last thing that you would ever think that <laughs> that would run through her head. You just never know, yeah, do you? Yeah, <laughs> you never know. But the point to be made is that in the context of the work that she does as a hospital chaplain at Bedside Ministry, that she is free to be who she is and thus become Uh, whatever she needs to be to patients at their point of need and not fit a particular mold or a pre-inscribed school of thought, as may be the case in some cases when we talk about uh, church ministry or parish-based ministry where there may be some structure and a perception. She talks about how 
she has the freedom to be who God made her, and that really is a yes. blessing for individuals and patients. Well, thanks for bringing her story to us here today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Uh, let's talk for a moment about the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. This is meant to empower every church in the country to better meet this great need of reaching out to people on a cancer journey. Now, let me say that if you are a pastor or a leader in your church, we want to invite you to join this growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. It's absolutely free, and when you sign up, you'll receive access to exclusive online leaders' resources, information about ministry training opportunities, and our monthly informative email newsletter. So visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page there and sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network. Again, healthhopeandinspiration.com. And while you're there, don't forget to take a look and download this free resource, Practical Needs of Cancer Patients. Uh, Percy, you read a scripture at the beginning of the program here today. Can we circle back on that for a moment? Yes, sir. Let's close with our spiritual nugget for today. Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 10 through 13, tells us, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slowful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, Verse 13, distributing to the necessity, as Reverend James uh, helped us understand of what she does daily uh, at her bedside ministry of saints given to hospitality. Perfect word. Yep. Thanks for sharing that today. Absolutely. That's our host, Percy McRae of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd Again, the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Practical Needs of Cancer Patients and download our free resource. Percy, until next time. Hey, I think I've got to go chop some wood, but I think I'm going to Nashville to do it this time. <laughs> you got your cowboy boots? I got, And I got my hat as well. And your guitar. Yes, sir. I'm ready to go. <laughs> right. We'll see you next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.